The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotorol Football Show. It is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. That's a a misprint. No such thing as 2024, Denny. Uh, There's no such thing as 2008 being um, 16 years ago. That was the first one that really got me. I don't know why. I somehow thought I was thinking of 2008 last night. It's like, that was 16 years ago? Yeah, it was a a while ago. And 2024 only exists in science fiction. It does. That was the the 16 years ago for 2008 was the one that, quote, messed me up. Um, (laughs) There's a lot to talk about today. Uh, It's week 18. So we have all the craziness. Like, who's actually trying to win football games this weekend? We're going to touch on the Ravens, the Niners, the Browns, the Eagles, teams that have a lot more to play for like the Bills and the Dolphins. We're going to get into the injury news. The Vikings quarterback, ongoing nightmare. Uh, The Bears and Cardinals, ongoing quarterback conundrum with Justin Fields and Kyler Murray. What do they do next year? The Ravens going super pass heavy of late. We love to see it. We do. Um, The Eagles and Bills going super run heavy of late. Less love to see. Don't don't love that as much. George Pickens, Brees Hall, two guys who are just – they just annihilated the consolation bracket. Like they blew up the consolation bracket. If you had George Pickens and Brees Hall, the second they stepped on the field in week 14, or excuse me, week 15, you were guaranteed seventh place. Um, you weren't in the main bracket, but seventh was wrapped up. But the other consolation teams uh, will never recover from what you They think. will never, ever recover. <laughs> ever, ever. They actually won't. They won't ever recover from the George Pickens <laughs> week 16 game. That's like, well, that's one that will stay with you. Forever. And I will it, say that Pickens, I think, was on the three million dollar best ball team. He was Pickens on the teams that did sneak in with George Pickens and say like your opponent had to face start them like in week sixteen. That they probably weren't like confidently starting him in Mason Rudolph's first start. But man, I got nothing else. Like Christian Watson's yeah. hurt. I guess I just got to put Pickens in there. And then he yeah. gave you one point two million dollars yeah. even in your home league. And even in your $20 home league, uh, it's amazing how that works. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think that we can confidently say that George Pickens is better in best ball. He is better in best ball. And it's somehow better with Mason Rudolph. The Steelers are, they, they've already informed us. The Steelers have told us, do not put it in the paper that they are in hell, um, <laughs> that they are in absolute hell that by far the best quarterback on their roster is still Mason Rudolph. Kenny Pickett had to hold a press conference. They, uh, the backup quarterback had to hold a press conference saying, 
I am indeed the backup. I am, and then he's not mad. And then, please, seriously, do not put it in the actual paper that you all write for, since you're yeah. here and you all have access to newspapers, uh, even if it's online. Do not put it in there that I was mad. That was bunk. And it that was he was not so mad that he refused to dress last week. He <laughs> he told people not to do that. He did tell people not to do that. We're already kind of functionally into the show, but real quick, I wanted to ask about that that college football playoff. Danny, first off, did you watch it as a Maryland diehard, someone who knows all 90 players on the Maryland Terrapin football roster? <laughs> I did, well, I didn't watch my Terps in their bowl game, whoever they played. Um, I actually did. I did watch both games uh, yesterday, and I found them uh, quite good, quite good. I, I am now obsessed with Michael Penix. Oh, yeah. Man, he's, the only thing about Michael Penix is – you go to his Wikipedia, like this guy's 29 years old. No, 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 no. He's 23. He is 23. He turns 24 in May, though. Now he started he started uh college in 2018. That was a long time ago. That, that was a long, long time okay, ago. Okay, and, and that will be held against him. As it should. I, I will say though that you rarely get this is my this is my take. We'll talk about this in the offseason, of course. But Penix, I, I I've seen I saw him play, I don't know, four or five games this year. You rarely get that sort of smarts. He's an incredibly smart, savvy quarterback with that sort of arm strength. It's usually one or the other, right? You usually have a cannon arm and you never actually had to develop the smarts part, right? Or you you had to develop the smarts because you don't have the cannon arm. You combine those two, you get Michael Penix. I like that. You do. I just a little, yeah, like, oh, what a surprise. The 23-year-old throwing one rope after another against 18-year-old Texas NIL cornerbacks who were only there uh, because they paid them more than Alabama. Um, I will say... That it's, uh, the comp- I will say, though, the last time this happened, it was Joe Burrow, and he's turned out pretty good. Yeah, right. So. It, it, that, it, it's exactly right. Yeah, folks like to point that out. Um, there have been also busts who have been old coming into the league. There are. There have been. Uh, but, wow. I mean, I mean, I I think Michael Penix could be an upgrade for a lot of teams. A lot of teams. I mean, he's literally twice as good as Kenny Pickett. Like, if he was on the Steelers, they would be starting him this weekend. <laughs> the Steelers, they would win the Super Bowl easily. Yeah, he's two times as good as <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Uh, easily better than Mason Rudolph. My final thought on that was Michigan-Bama was, like, one of the all-time disaster class games. Like, who wants this game less? Uh, the, the guy fumbling it at the one-yard line with, like, one minute left. Oh, like, my gosh. What? what, what? That- I tweeted, sorry to cut you off and sorry yeah, to yeah. regurgitate my tweet, but one of the biggest mistakes I've ever seen in a football game, but then he recovered by showing like the greatest field awareness I've ever seen. And then the greatest hands I've ever, he got it, avalanched and held on with one hand. I, so when he recovered it and I saw that he was faced, uh, uh, you know, toward the stands, not the field. And I saw the, 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 the defenders coming in. I thought well, it's over. Like it's over. this kid's going to get hit. He's going to fumble, obviously, and it's going to be a touchdown for Alabama, and it's over. Okay, or I'm sorry, touchdown for wait, who was? It was touchdown for Michigan. I don't remember. I think it was twenty to twenty when this happened. No, no I mean, but who, who was who was re, who was Bama? Receiving? It would have been a touchdown for Bama. It was right, the Michigan been, right. So it was touchdown for Bama, game over. Like I that that was the the scenario that was going through my head. But you're right, incredible field awareness for for that guy. So so way to way to go there, and and. Uh, do we ever get a uh, an explanation about what happened on the final play with Milrow? Like, was the play for him to dive head first into the middle of the line? Uh, well, there was a theory making the rounds on Twitter with a lot of retweets that it was supposed to be a running back swing pass, and they had the blockers set up, but that Milrow panicked at the latest low snap in the game 
But after the game, Saban didn't say anything about that. He's just like, yeah, we ran, we ran it right up the gut. Like he basically, he, he was like, he was acting to it like it was their third option. Because remember, they had the dueling timeouts. And so someone on Twitter is like, no, no, trust me, the play wasn't actually this dumb. It was going to be a swing pass. But then Saban was basically, like, yeah, the play was this dumb. I think he's work. trying to cover for Milrow. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. It, I think Milrow freaked out and just literally just jumped into a pile of, of bodies. I will say, though, his reaction was so fast. That I don't even know if he had time to freak out. I feel like that was the play call, was to, like, the quarterback uh, jumbo up the middle or quarterback uh, like a jumbo up. shot. So, but, so, oh, well, it was bad. Uh, it was, it was honestly like the most anticlimactic, worst. Oh play i've ever seen to end a football game someone on twitter compared it to the infamous griff whalen special teams colts play <laughs> yes. it had similar energy to I that mean, uh, I, I don't i did have similar it, energy to that. i mean first of all milrow was tripped up he 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 need his he offensive lineman so hard i'm not i'm really trying not to like make light of this but like the offensive lineman was screaming in pain <laughs> as the play was happening <laughs> Uh, it wasn't Milrow, a great play. Wasn't a great play call. No, bro, I need him so hard. Was not a great play call. <laughs> I mean, really, I like, I'm, like one of the worst plays I've ever seen in any level of football. <laughs> it was up there. It was up there, Denny. We are going to see some of the worst plays we've ever seen in any level of football this weekend because a lot of teams will not be trying. There's gonna be a lot of number twos, a lot of number threes out in the field. Some for teams who have, you know, they can't improve their seating in the playoffs or like it's between the five and the six. So like who really cares? Some other teams are out of it. And about teams, I will say to their credit, almost never openly tank, nor do I think they should ever openly tank. I actually thought like the Texans took too much flack for winning that game last year. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, like you can try to tank in the off season, like the way you construct your roster. But like once the game starts, you have to, you, gotta play. to play. Yeah. you have to actually try to play the game. So we're probably not going to really see a whole lot of that. But who, first, who does it look like on Tuesday right now might not be playing this weekend, either because the seed is locked up, they can't really improve the seed. Right. Who are like the big fantasy teams that will not really be trying in Week 18? I can't imagine that the Ravens will play anybody this week. Uh, they're going to pretend. They're going to, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe Lamar will start. He's not going to start. He's not going to play. He's not going to see a single snap. He's not going to even be dressed for this game. Uh, I, I actually think that the Ravens might not even play Tyler Huntley. Like, like it's it's that it's that kind of thing because they they want Tyler Huntley uh, fresh and and healthy uh, in case Lamar goes down in the postseason. So it could be I don't even know who who Malik Cunningham. It'll probably be Huntley because I think they might view it from a different angle than that. Where in case Lamar gets hurt in the playoffs, they don't want it to have been four months since Huntley saw like a live rep. Oh, I see. In yeah, the preseason, I, I understand what the point you're making, but. I think Huntley will play all 60 minutes probably. In so, yeah, I mean, you you have him, you have the rest of the starters uh, who won't play. I mean, you know, for I know I don't know if you want to go like step by step through these rosters, but like Melvin Gordon will probably see a lot of run in this oh, game. Uh, yeah, he's he's still on the team, folks. He actually got oh, some run last week. Uh, and then you have, um, you know, likely we'll, we'll probably sit out for Charlie Kohler. It's Charlie Kohler season, folks. The Ravens. That- yeah. Definitely a team that's not playing the starters. Is there, I mean, is there any risk that since they have the buy? Like we we don't we want to be fresh. And, you know, this is this has been a storyline in the NFL. It's been a huge storyline in baseball where the teams that buys keep immediately getting swept by teams that were expansion teams right. in 1998. <laughs> um, and like so, like they want to avoid that indignity. But I, the, the Lamar, you know, he's been he's gotten hurt so many times the past few years. 
like the stars finally realigned for the Ravens this year. I cannot see them risking anyone on Sunday. No, they're not playing. No, the 49ers. I mean, Kyle Shanahan tends to overthink things a little more than John Harbaugh. They are also locked into the number one seed. I feel like the CMC injury in week 17 probably put an end to any Niner playing this weekend. Is that what you think? Yeah. I mean, Debo Samuel came out on Tuesday and said, yeah, I'm playing, but I don't believe that. Um, Especially a guy who is, as injury play. He was on the injury report with a neck issue last week. Do you really need to be playing well, in week 18? I, there's no way. There's just simply no way he's playing. Uh, I think Sam Darnold would probably get the start here to protect Purdy. I mean, Purdy might play a, a – like you said, Shanahan likes to think. And so we might get Purdy for a drive or two. until Here's here's what – we'll get Purdy until he takes one shot to the ribs and then he's out. <laughs> Okay. He likes to think. He really does. That should be his epitaph. Yeah. Liked to think. <laughs> and like someone in the future reading, oh, that's, that's, I'm sure that's only good, right? <laughs> well, you know, for the yeah. most part. As an overthinker myself, I can tell you it's, it's not. True. It's true. Uh, I, I will and, never overthink anything, including the pronunciation of simple names. <laughs> the, the most simple. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> Wilson? I know before we get on what Adam and Denny, how do you this is you know, Wilson? <laughs> you had trouble with my for last name. For God's <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we you know the Niners, uh the, the Browns, I believe, are locked in. Locked so into the five. We're not and, and by the way, the Vegas lines kind of reflect this reality for so just just look to the Vegas lines if you have any questions headed into the weekend i think the rams are locked in the rams are either the five or the six i don't think they can be the seven the eagles could be the two or the five but i think the eagles are going to proceed as if the cowboys are going to demolish the commanders and the eagles jalen Hurts' knee has been bothering him for like three months i actually can't really see the eagles attempting to win this game on sunday the eagles are uh, kind of like the swing trouble spot the lions could almost be a trouble spot but probably not i think they have too much dog in them but it's a classic keep it locked to rotorworld.com and check out kyle yeah. Dvorak's motivation tracker what are your final thoughts yeah yeah right so so kyle Dvorak has has compiled a uh, a motivation tracker for week 18 it's a honestly i'm not joking like it is a vital resource if you're playing any sort of fantasy contest for this week so so like you know, save that tab, whatever the zoomers are doing with the tabs, you do that. And, uh, and, and I will just keep that tab up all week. It'll be updated as things progress. Um, the Eagles, I kind of disagree on because first of all, they're reeling and they want to get that bad taste out of their mouth from losing to Arizona. And I, I I don't think any team is going to say, well, the Cowboys are going to win. And so yeah, it's true. We, we have all watched the Dallas Cowboys for the past 30 years. Yeah, and, right. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys are pretty live to lose this game to the Commanders. If Jacoby yeah. Brissett actually plays, they're alive to lose. Oh, man, the Brissett era really was. What short. was your favorite part? What was your favorite memory? I think my, fa- my favorite part was before he injured his hamstring, the 24 hours before <laughs> the first snap. Had you already built any lineups when that happened by oh, any chance? Pat. I, I'm not not joking. No bit, nothing. So so, uh, DraftKings has a superflex uh, contest. I had built ten superflex lineups, oh all of them with the Jacoby Brissett, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin stack. And the family left when you had to go edit those. <laughs> I had to go go throw in other guys who did very poorly, so. <laughs> as they have been known to do. So we just talked about who might not be trying. Two teams we know are going to be trying are the Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills. And before we get into evaluating the game a little, we would be remiss 
We not tell you that this de facto AFC East championship game will be on NBC and Peacock and primetime Sunday evening. The final game that matters of the 2023-24 NFL regular season. The coverage, of course, begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Yeah, Denny. Uh, so NBC, we get we get our choice of whatever game to put in primetime yeah. in week 18. And this was a no-brainer. It is like the it's the division championship game. It's a de facto playoff game. There's a lot on the line. The Dolphins are in the playoffs. The Bills, stunningly, despite their recent hot streak of 10 and 6, looking a lot better, they are not in. They need to win. If they win, they're in, of course. If they lose, they can still get in, but they need like a weird amount of help. Like they really need the Steelers to lose. And a lot riding on this game. A lot riding on it in like fantasy contests. And so, like, if you played in like a season long points league or something, yeah. injury questions in this game. But first, what is your lean on this game? The Bills demolished the Miami Dolphins 48 to 20 earlier this season. Uh, my lean is that the Dolphins are in big trouble. And I believe this because for a few reasons. One, uh, they're going to be without Xavier Howard, the cornerback. Uh, they're going to be without Bradley Chubb, who was his, uh, is it a season-ending injury? It, it sounds know? like a season-ending torn ACL. And there's probably official word on that that we should already know yeah. by now. But they were like, Jalen Ramsey's banged up too. Right. He'll probably Ramsey's play. Ba- right. He's banged up. They have some offensive line uh, injury issues. So they, they, the Dolphins head into this game in injury hell. Okay, uh, they're playing a, a Bills team. I think that is kind of designed to get by against this Dolphins defense. The Dolphins defense has been way better, and I just mentioned the injuries, so take that for what it's worth. But they they have been better, but they've still been a little bit vulnerable on the ground. And the Bills, as we have discussed, the Bills have gone super ultra Falcons run heavy wow. of late since Week 15. So Week 15 to 17. They have a 41% drop back rate, Pat. That's 12% under their expected drop back rate. Um, that sort of approach, I think, is the kind that can, you know, get by against against Miami. I think they'll continue to be super run heavy. Uh, I don't see the Dolphins. I'm, I'm trying not to overstate it. I just don't think that they can even compete here. Well, this, I don't know. This game is weird because the Dolphins are have become the classic. They cannot get behind offense. And if they get behind things spiral very, very quickly to yes. a tongue of Aloha is not built to play from behind. The offense is so elaborate. It's so like heavily schemed and orchestrated that like Mike McDaniel said, it was three, nothing we're losing. <laughs> like he just like, he starts crying on the side. Like, wow. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, like. you know, to, to put it like uh, kind of crass in a crass way, uh, the fancy stuff doesn't work when you're, when you're down two scores in the second half, like and Denny no longer believes in analytics. I mean the fan, the fancy, you know, like, um, like the like you said, like highly orchestrated offense. Yeah, yeah. Now we've talked about all year. Too orchestrated, like an ultimate injuries off offense, and, and the injuries of course happen. Tua, so Tua is not dropping. We all know this. Like I feel like like we should just be upfront about Tua is not dropping back, scrambling and making plays while down two scores in the second half. That is simply not happening. It never has happened. It never will happen. He's not that kind of quarterback. Now. The game, if they keep things neutral, or if the Dolphins grab a lead, they're in a they're in great they're in a great spot. I mean, I I I, I do believe that, but I just think that they're going to be put in a position where Tua can't do his the, the highly orchestrated thing, and so it's Jover. I think the the Dolphins' path to victory. So it's in Miami, the Bills are currently three point favorites. So Vegas is thinking the bookmakers are thinking along the same lines as us. But as you have pointed out in many recent shows, and as you just pointed out by talking about their super high run rate. The Bills have been playing not to lose for the better part of a month now. They have 
Sean McDermott just coaches tilted out of his mind. He's coaching tilted out of his mind as usual, like changing the entire offensive approach on the fly. And if they just go out there sticking with this run heavy thing and they don't get up 10, nothing early in the second quarter and let the dolphins hang around. If you let the dolphins do enough, like not that they're scripting drives into the second quarter, but if you let them do enough, like dolphin style, like X, Y, Z drives, uh, that's how the dolphins win this game. If the bills are just like super conservative early, which I could see happening. Uh, sure, McDermott. Boy, you talk about a guy who likes to think. Yeah, you know that that's a, that actually is a good point. McDermott's uh, terror of losing is so apparent. I mean, it, it always it always has been apparent. It's nuts, but it it has gotten to like a critical level. So I, I could definitely see a scenario where where his conservative play calling and like just trying to eke by um, comes back to to bite the Bills. I just, I just struggle. I just struggle to see the Dolphins being able to hold this Bills offense down with so many injuries. If they were fully healthy, I, I'd probably lean, lean Miami here. Yeah, they are just so, so, so banged up. So, but speaking of maybe the Bills' run-heavy approach, by the way, has some, do you have any idea? I know there was a few reports out like what is going on, with Stephon Diggs. There was like a report the other day, like that was finally quote explaining. Why he wasn't playing like first or second downs or something. It was like a lot of downs. And I was like, all this report does is give me more questions. Uh, like it is weird usage. I mean this me, guy, I, this, there's no way this guy's not having three surgeries in February, is my opinion. Right, right, right. I mean, I think we've probably reached I think Diggs is 31. You know, I think that he, he's probably reached the point where it's time to shift to the slot, that sort of thing. Um, you know, Larry Larry Fitzgerald did this. Very successfully, some other veteran, you know, types have have, have made this move, and uh, maybe he's not, you know, the same outside guy who can burn guys. He's the way going he did nuts to begin the season. Twenty four years old. He went totally nuts like the first two months. He did miss on it. He missed on a ninety yard touchdown by a few inches on a on a bad throw by Josh Allen this past week. So this conversation would be totally different if he had caught that one. Uh, if if Allen had thrown a better ball. Steph Diggs has been under 30 yards three of the past four weeks and four of the past six. And and, and that, yeah. And that has something to do. Well, maybe a lot to do with the bills deciding to completely abandon the pass. And I just wonder how much of it's like chicken in the egg where they mm, want to go more yeah. run heavy, but also the number one weapon is really hurt. And I wonder if they're like feeding off of each other. By the way, earlier we were talking about games, like who's trying this weekend. And you were talking about how, the bookmakers are kind of telling us some of these lines out of the corner yeah. of my eye. I saw lack uh, minus three. I'm like, who the hell are the chargers favored against the chiefs? So the chiefs uh, will not be trying this week. Right. We're, uh, we're thinking that that three. line has been affected by uh, <laughs> Chad Penny playing or whoever. Oh, Gabbert, Gabbert. Yeah, it is a Mr. Blaine Gabbert. The yeah. chiefs who are, cannot improve their number three seed will not be trying. And then it's going to be a chief's home. It's going to be so weird. There'll be a lot of chiefs fans who probably have tickets this game like two months even with the chiefs not trying the stadiums are like 90 percent crazed chiefs chiefs fans man who's gonna play for the for the, for the chiefs who's gonna get the running back touches boy generic prince still around oh, prince prince season finally <laughs> finally prince season we, we just had to wait four months uh so yeah we'll move on you know what? we'll move on real quick after a word from our sponsor our sponsor is nbc peacock and the golf network the PGA Tour season tees off in Hawaii this weekend as golf's biggest stars hit the links in Lahaina. It's the century, and you can watch Thursday through Sunday on NBC, Golf Channel, and Peacock. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So first off, have you already built lineups for the century? We have what we're calling a shell lineup. And we, that, that could be subject to tweaking, but uh, we are we are back to grinding PGA. Yes. So I watch almost every sport on NBC. I don't watch the PGA this early um, in the calendar, but every this happens to me. I've already talked about this in the podcast, I think. But every single January, I'll get a text from my dad on like Saturday afternoon about like the, the boys in Hawaii or something, and like yeah. and texting me about the tournament. Like, how is there already a tournament? Oh, and, oh, uh, listen, I. Maybe maybe it's like the contrarian hipster in me, Pat. But I love January golf. Give oh, me oh, it is amazing. It is actually amazing. Give me listen. It's prime time. Okay, I can turn on the TV at seven thirty at night and and watch and watch guys playing in the broad daylight in Hawaii. That's that's perfect. I love that. I wish that were the case all year round. Lahaina is an amazing place, by the way. Too one of the very best places on planet earth uh, you know not one of the very best places on planet earth is the vikings quarterback position right now uh yes. kevin o'connell he's, he's kevin o'connell man he's like thinking in real time Ugh. he's telling the reporters he's already decided on his week 18 qb but he can't announce it uh he said don't say that i'm tilting and yes. he very quickly said all right i'm tilting yeah. Uh, oh, he's tilting he just admitted to the press he's tilting right. that didn't happen what, what's going on the vikings quarterback what have they done wrong? What might happen in week 18? I mean, look, I, I actually think that you need to concede to my point from last week when I said <laughs> that Nick Mullins was benched because he threw one bad throw. <laughs> he had one, he had one bad well, throw. You remember my counter take, right? <laughs> Is that it was five to six truly awful throws. It wasn't just one bad. The but one bad was, throw you were mentioning was, of course, the game ending pick. That was the worst was, throw we've ever seen. It is one of the worst picks i mean just a flutter ball down the middle into quadruple coverage like it was horrible. a dove shot out of the air by a shotgun halfway exactly rest in peace to the dove i and to nick mullins chances for being the uh the starter i guess but but yeah so so kevin o'connell was mad about that so he benches nick mullins which honestly was was a crazy decision to start to put a, a fifth round rookie jaron hall in there jaron hall uh, zero, zero point zero awareness in the pocket has no clue where any defenders are. No. He was not ready to start in the NFL. Clearly he was in a bad spot. I feel bad for him. Okay. So he, they have to yank him, put Mullins in Mullins is the only quarterback of the three of Dobbs hall and, and Mullins. He's the only one who can run the offense even remotely like it's supposed to go. So it should have been Mullins all along and it's going to be Mullins this week. I think it, absolutely going to be Mullins tweet, but I, I sorry to again steal one of my own tweets but the way I think the way I think of Josh Dobbs and you're not a gamer I'm actually not really a gamer but the way I think of Josh he comes in with like a full health meter and every like two or three weeks he's like oh he's down to two heart pieces <laughs> like this guy this guy's like barely staying staying alive uh we need to bench him for a while let him reach recharge recuperate I do feel like if Josh Dobbs played he'd maybe be like powered back up and ready to take a team by nah, surprise for a week, but it no. feels like it has to be Nick Mullins against. It the has Red to be, Lions. and I'm I'm going to give the folks a stat. I guess I'm a Nick Mullins truther. I guess that's what it's come to. Nobody 
has a higher completion rate over expected than Nick Mullins over yeah, the past stop, month. Stop. Nobody, Pat. Stop. The past week? Who cares? I said the past month. Oh, all right. How many passes has he thrown? Like 50? Over the past month? More than that? It's probably like 50, I think. Maybe it's like 80. He probably has 100 dropbacks over the past month. Anyway, There's no way to find out. There's, There's no way. literally no way to find out. That's what I'm But, but yeah, I mean, so uh, what I'm saying is Nick Mullins, I think, I mean, look, maybe it's just right, my. It's 104 story. passes, by the way. Ah, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, Nick Mullins, maybe it's my fantasy bias, but he's the only one who can make this offense uh, click a little bit. Okay. Um, and the fact that he was benched because, again, one bad throw was egregious. Terry Bradshaw's pro football reference is logged on, by the way. Nick Mullins has five touchdowns and six picks, but is averaging 8.8 yards per attempt. One's I, like right. true 1978 I like uh, that. PFR style. Uh, th- this is not a bit. Um, for, do you have any lineups built yet for Week 18? No, I actually don't. <laughs> Are you going to be building any Nick Mullins lineups for Week 18? Am I? seriously not a bit are you gonna have some nick mullins lineups of course here's what i'm gonna have you're gonna have mullins jefferson johnny munt lineups that's what you that that's what you have (laughs) (laughs) uh, jefferson is there anyone you can pair him with besides jefferson you can't do addison and jefferson well no because look look if if mullins has a, a big ish day it has to go through jefferson like he's not he's not going to be able to do anything without jefferson i guess if if addison plays you throw him in there but johnny munn is the key i think that's that's the point so it's a quarterback nightmare for the vikings it's not quite a quarterback nightmare for the chicago bears or the arizona cardinals but like i said in the opener it's a quarterback conundrum there'll be a lot of people that say we don't need to see any more from justin fields that he's clearly an nfl level starter but he's not the kind of starter where you can pass on the number one pick in back-to-back years. And then Kyler Murray, we had questions about him before the torn ACL. He tore the ACL. He's come back. He's not been impressive. He hasn't been a disaster. He hasn't had a good supporting cast. Uh, kind of like a like clickbaity type topic. But who is more likely? To, I guess I guess the answer actually is already Kyler because of his contract. But like, yeah. who is more likely to be back with their current team next year, Justin Fields or Kyler Murray? Can it be both of them? Can it be neither of them? Just – what do you think is like the lay of the land with these two quarterback question marks? So with with Fields, I, I do think, and I looked at a lot of extremely nerdy metrics to come to this conclusion. I'll share those with the folks in a second. Uh, I, I I don't see I don't see any case for bringing him back. Um, I, 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 man, I don't know. I, I, I do think it's it's time to move on. And he, the the one the one thing that got me, Pat, was that I thought. Just, you know, from the film, I thought that he had progressed as an inter- intermediate passer this year. Well, the opposite is true. Uh, on passes from 10 to 19 yards this season, Justin Fields is completing 49% of his attempts for 8.7 yards per attempt, two touchdowns and five interceptions on those throws, again, from 10 to 19 yards. Now, you look at last year, and I, I don't remember him being very good on those passes last year, but... Last year, 66% completion rate compared to 49%, 11.7 yards per attempt compared to 8.7. And he had four touchdowns and two picks on those throws. So he he actually has regressed significantly on those intermediate throws. He stayed about the same on deep throws. I was going to say, has he been better on deep throws since he actually has DJ Moore this year? But he just answers no. It, it, it's been slightly, a slight, slight, slightly better this year than last year. Uh, and certainly than 2021, but... Uh, I, I just don't see it. I don't see like a huge leap as a passer 
that would su- suggest that the Bears have to keep Fields. We we know that he's kind of a model breaker, which is of course a dangerous mindset to adopt. Like I know every stat says, but when I watch this guy, uh, he does crazy stuff because he does do a lot of crazy stuff. He's exciting. He's the first exciting Bears quarterback in so so long. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I just don't know if you can really pass on K. I still think it's going to be Caleb Williams and. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can probably get a second round pick for Justin Fields still. I would say first. First might be a stretch. I think maybe you can get two seconds for Justin Fields. Or maybe yeah. a second and a third. I don't think you can really get a first for him, probably. I, I feel like the Falcons would give up a first. The, I, the Falcons just feel like like the so heavy odds on favorite for Justin Fields. Whether yeah. or not Arthur Smith, but I think Arthur Smith's gonna be gone. And I think they're gonna like we're get, we got our right. do over on Justin Fields. We're doing it right this you, time. You, if the Falcons move on from Arthur Smith and bring in Justin Fields and get <clears throat> get a creative offensively, uh, uh, you know, offensive leaning mind in there at head coach, I think it, things could be really exciting. Because I mean, yeah, we joke, but like Bajan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, that's almost as good as it gets as far as a wide receiver, tight end, running back combo. The Falcons just have to hire the first Shanahan clone they can find. Like, Please. I don't care. Just like Please. the 49ers tight end coach. I don't care if he's never called plays for it. Just hire him. <laughs> him the, yeah. Shanahan, the guy who delivers Shanahan's waters, uh, <laughs> you know, get him. Get anyone who's ever been in the same room with Kyle Shanahan uh, to coach the Atlanta Falcons next year. Tyler Murray. So I agree with you. I, I, I do think it, it is a genuine debate with the Bears, but I think that Fields is probably gone. Kyler Murray, it would have to be more creative. I guess it would have to be like a trade. Um, do you think he's back with Arizona next year? He, yeah, he'll be back because, you know, they, the they're stuck. They're stuck. The money. Um, I want to share, again, some numbers with the folks because, folks, I, I did the research, and uh, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about Kyler Murray. He's been uh, terrible. Uh, sure. <laughs> you, you said it, but the numbers tend to agree. So there's a stat when you combine – EPA, uh, a.k.a. expected points added, with completion rate over expected. It's a really good measure. It comes dangerously close, the acronym, to COPE. (laughs) It's a good measure of a quarterback's overall play and their efficiency. So if you take the zoomed-out view of Kyler Murray since 2020, I looked at the stats from 2020 through the current week in 2023, 2024, I guess. Um. Folks, Kyler is 20th among 35 qualifying quarterbacks in in that uh, category, right there alongside Jared Goff and uh, Matt Stafford. Um, he has the same dropback success rates, and I take no pleasure in saying this, uh, as Derek Carr and Andy Dalton over that time. Um, so, what are we talking about here? We're we I you know you can make a lot of excuses of Cliff Kingsbury. You know, he, you know, we don't know because Kyler hasn't played with Randy Moss in his prime. We, we don't know if he's good. You know, that that whole thing, which we do we do with everybody, right? We do. Um, but I, I, my, you know, conclusion is that you can't base an offense around Kyler Murray. You have to you have to base it around somebody else, around a playmaking wide receiver, somebody else. It can't be him. Listen, if, if Bryce Young gets Walter Jones, Priest Holmes, uh, and Dick the yeah. meal, he's going to turn this around real, real fast. Yes, that's um, that's that's right. That's what they say. Real, real, real fast. Um, we'll turn this show around real, real fast when we return after this. Don't miss a doubleheader of Big Ten basketball in the Great Lakes State tonight. 
The action starts when Penn State takes on Michigan State at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by a nightcap of Minnesota and Michigan at 9 p.m. Eastern. Both matchups can be found exclusively on Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Our Big Ten basketball graphic was quite beautiful. Yeah, it was. I really nice. like looking at that. I got a little distracted reading because I was trying to look at how nice the graphic was. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I've had a final Kyler Murray thought. I don't remember what it was. Any way you slice it, adjusted net yards per attempt, all these things, I can tell you from doing the research that it just hasn't been good. And he hasn't been very good as a rusher. Like, so, you know, yeah, just don't leave out the eye test when discussing where Kyler Murray has not been good. Uh, he's been very bad from the eye test, too. And, you know, the the I thought I would find something in the rushing. Oh, OK, like he, he like really adds something via the rushing. But he he doesn't. He has not. We're getting dangerously close to Cliff Kingsbury did nothing wrong territory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting dangerously, dangerously oh. close to exonerating. Cliff Kingsbury. Um, so, Cliff, if you're out there, we hope you come back from Thailand and coach American football. Eventually. You are allowed back in the, the State Department as uh, they've uncanceled your passport. Right. You are repatriated, I believe. You are, yes. You are repatriated to the United States. The, the, State, the State Department has studied the EPA data. You yeah. can come back. <laughs> yes, they have. Yes, they have. So... Uh, we'll stick with quarterback talk and just the Ravens. We talk about how they're not really going to play this weekend, but they've been going super pass heavy. Has this coincided with the running back injuries for one? This how pass heavy are we talking? And yeah. it has coincided, I think, with more fantasy points following. Yeah, so it it, it is a, a whole new thing in Baltimore, and it's really cool to see the Ravens unleash Lamar Lamar Jackson. Like they seem to be unafraid to just say, Lamar, you're dropping back and like flinging it everywhere. And it's paid dividends. I really hope that this continues into the postseason. I hope that they don't get scared and get conservative. But just to put some numbers to it, uh, in the first uh, 11 weeks of the season, the Ravens were 2% over their expected pass rate on first downs. Okay. So that that's fine, but it's, it's, it's not, it's nothing compared to being 13% over their expected pass rate on first downs over the past three weeks or four weeks, I'm sorry. So we, they have gone super pass heavy on first downs. That's what good, smart teams do. Uh, and, and overall, last week, only two teams had a higher neutral pass rate, neutral meaning in when the game is within seven points. So it's it's not like the Ravens are falling behind in games and having to just drop back and throw it a lot. Against the 49ers, when they were up big, they were still dropping back. I think that's great news for Lamar and this Ravens offense. That also, that felt personal to the 49ers, probably. That might have that might have was like oh, we got to kill the 49ers. I, uh, but I hope that I I hope that Lamar finds personal insults to fuel him throughout the postseason because this is working. Like they they humiliated the Dolphins. And by the way, when they were up big against the Dolphins, guess what they were doing? Dropping back and throwing. So I wish I loved anything more than the Dolphins love allowing 50 points in any game. It's like a litmus uh, test for yes. how far along they are. 
It's, uh, hey, you know what, though? They can beat the Panthers any day of the week. Oh, stop. Come on. They literally just beat the Cowboys. We think we're overstating it a little bit. I, I guess I'm a hater. I guess I'm a hater. I, I'm a, honestly a Dolph fan. I really want them to succeed. I've had Tua in my primary two-quarterback home league all year. We'll say Tua used to throw more than one touchdown more often. I like Mike McDaniel. I do. I love Mike McDaniel. Yeah, I mean, he's one of us. He's just a nerdy 30-something. He is. We love our Mike. The, the Dolphins are going to win Sunday night on NBC. You heard it here first. <laughs> they're going to lose, but they're going to win. <laughs> Uh, they're going to win our hearts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, the final uh, piece we have on like the approaches teams that like, you want to talk about the Eagles and Bills going super run heavy. You already talked about the Bills. Tell us about oh. what the Eagles' offensive oh. approach has been heading into Week 18. Where again, like there's debate whether or not they'll even try. Um, I you think they will? I sort of think they won't, but it's a genuine debate. What's going on with the run heaviness of the Eagles? So three weeks ago, they had fans camping outside of headquarters, Eagles headquarters, with signs that said, run the ball. And Nick Sirianni bought them coffee. And Nick Sirianni should have yelled at them to go away. Yeah, he should have, like, veer. He should have not hit them with his car. He should have done that thing where he acted like it was veering over. And he rolled down his window and leaned out. Like, you want some of it? What of it? What of it? (laughs) And, he's know, got, he's never know, fully stops because he doesn't actually want them to come in his car. You know, maybe maybe have have the interns throw water balloons at the people <laughs> holding the signs, something like that, right? And uh, uh, unfortunately, they have leaned so so heavily into the running game. Last week, they had the league's lowest uh, neutral pass rate at Pat twenty four percent. Twenty four percent neutral pass rate against the car. Against the car, Smith is hurt now. It's like okay. So I think I think what's happening, and yes, I mean, Eagles fans pointed out, well, we scored 31 points, yes, because Jalen Hurts is good, and you should give him the ball, and you should unleash Jalen Hurts as a passer, as a passer, not just as a guy running and then handing it off to DeAndre Swift, who may or may, may not be good. I don't even know. I don't even know anymore about DeAndre Swift. Uh, they're playing. They're. I think they're playing scared. They got to fix this before they go into the postseason because this is not going to work. Their defense is garbage i mean like like anybody the, the cardinals are not suddenly good by the way no okay we just talked about kyler murray is not suddenly good that's how bad the eagles defense is is that kyler murray and james connor uh look like uh you know hall of famers the Shaq yeah. kobe meme yes and 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 so you have to embrace okay our defense is going to get gouged by anybody we play in the playoffs so we have to pour on the points. And the way you pour on the points is not by just running the ball on every first down, which is what they did against the Cardinals. Yeah, I genuinely don't get how they don't understand this, that they're not going to win a slugfest at this point. They'll win a slugfest if they have 40 minutes time of possession. But you're, that, you're not, you're not going to do that. against. That's the- a good, yes, actually, that's a great point. They want to get in a slugfest. They can't. They can't because of the defense. Yet, but they have not accepted that reality. There is a level of acceptance that teams must have, especially this time of year, right? And Nick Sirianni, I don't think, has quite reached that point. It could honestly just all come down to they have no good options because I, I feel like Jalen Hurts, he's getting surgery like eight hours after the season. <laughs> yeah, right. Knee. <clears throat> I think the Hurts knee thing, this has just been my pet theory, but I think the Hurts knee thing is just like derailed the whole team and that he's still like 70% Jalen Hurts, but he's not. Jalen Hurts normal as a rusher, and he's not Jalen Hurts normal as a passer. And I feel like that's kind of like been the, like the real – again, this is like my pet theory. I think this has been like the real downfall of the Eagles. The offense – yeah, I know. I, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Uh, the offense 
needs to run through AJ Brown in the postseason. Like we we need to see 15 target games for AJ Brown every postseason game. It doesn't matter it, what the secondary is doing. Like double coverage, triple coverage, throw it to AJ Brown. For, forget this whole thing where you 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 check down if they have two high safeties. You throw throw it up and let AJ Brown go get it. I think that that's their only chance. And it looks like instead they're going to quote feed Julio. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> they fed Julio. And I definitely remembered that Julio Jones played in the NFL. I know. So I did not want Kyle Dvorak to out this public. He asked if he could tweet about it on Sunday, and I said no. But I, I very earnestly asked in our Slack chat, who is Jones on the year? <laughs> <laughs> like, who the hell is Jones? That's anyway, good. And then the Zoomers reminded me of the ultimate millennial, Julio Jones. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I did. At one point, I remembered that he was in the league, and then I forgot. I had forgotten that Julio Jones was on the Philadelphia Eagles and somehow scoring two touchdowns in week 17. Getting near the end of the show, you know who scored two touchdowns over the past two weeks is George Pickens. And he was the ultimate regression candidate for week 17, and he did not regress at all. That was, uh, that was hurtful. He went mega nuclear again, seven catches, like 126 yards. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Mason Rudolph, far and away, the best Steelers quarterback of the year so far. They didn't even pretend that he wasn't going to start in week 18 with everything on the line. They immediately announced him as the starter for this weekend. What, what, what are the stats on Pickens continuing to get away with it? And if what, if anything, do you have on Mason Rudolph? Easily outplaying Mr. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. So Pickens, you know, was in the regression files because man, oh man, did he get away with it in week 16? Uh, then he continued in week 17. So j- just to give you an idea of his production, since Mason Rudolph took over under center for Pittsburgh, Pickens is averaging 1.15 fantasy points per route run. Okay. Keep that number in your head 1.15 okay, fantasy points per route run. You got that. Okay. You, before that, before Mason Rudolph was under center, he was averaging 0.4 fantasy points per round. So we're talking about a slight difference in production. He's he's dominating air yards, 53% of the air yards since Rudolph took over. So that's awesome. And and like really uh that has fueled this this sort of uh production. But the the Steelers are still among the three he- run heaviest teams over those two weeks. So <clears throat> it's working. I guess it'll keep working because no no one ever regresses anymore. No, uh, they the, do the not. Kids don't regress. Nope. Uh, but uh, do not believe in regression. But but man, Pickens is doing it on very little volume. The thing is with Pickens, as we know, is this was going to be who he was going to be even when he was good. We always yeah. knew he was going to be like a high variance, a volatile player, like the matchup flipper type. He's going to have two catches for twelve yards, or he's going to have six for one hundred and eighty nine yards and a touchdown. And it has been way too much of the zeros. And uh, we were beginning to wonder if he still even had the six for 189 in him. And That's then, right. like a very marginal quarterback upgrade over Kenny Pickett very quickly proved that he did. And that the Steelers just really need to find religion in this offense yeah. and do something different for 2024. Cause they have no, no team is in greater need of just tearing up their scheme than the Pittsburgh Steelers are. I saw uh, the athletic had a piece about the future of Kenny Pickett uh, in, you know, 2024 and beyond. And they said, well, you know what, maybe if they get a new coordinator, it could be good for Pickett. I mean, oh, you were going to say hand enlargement surgery it, <laughs> too soon. Um, uh, no, that, that could be a solution. That might be analytics for Kenny Pickett, but uh, they, they can't possibly, they cannot go into next season 
with Pickett as their quarterback. He, they, they have really to least, can't. They like, have to at least make him compete. He's easier to move on from too than like Daniel Jones or Kyler Murray because whatever. It's horrible to waste a first round pick, but he's still making like what like four million dollars a year. Yeah, I mean it's not much. Yeah, it's not a ruinous cap hit or anything. Like they, I, they just can't. And two now. Like, how is the team ever going to buy back into him when he's clearly just been benched for Mason Rudolph? Like, can you really go back to this guy? Can the proud Pittsburgh Steelers seriously go back? I guess the Steelers are the one team that could. Like, yeah, it's the Steeler way, folks. Right. He's right, he, he, played it. he played at Pittsburgh. <laughs> he played <laughs> he at Pittsburgh. Are you upset? Yeah, are you upset about that? And so you look a little, seem a little triggered. Like, yes, I am. Like, I wasn't <laughs> wasn't trying to hide that I was triggered by this. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very triggered oh, by it. Like, oh, all right, all right, yeah, all right. Well, fine. We'll bench him. We'll bench him. Yeah. Final note. No, we got a few more notes here. You wanted to check in on your words. The Brees Hall PPR scam. Twenty-one catches over the past two weeks. Of course, this is like the ultimate consolation bracket performance. Not in best ball. Really, the best oh. ball bros. Our friend, our our brother yeah. Pat Corain. Yeah, uh, he got home in time for Pat Corain. Didn't get home in time for redraft fantasy managers. We had twenty-one catches over the past two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's just Trevor Simeon relentlessly targets running backs, a- a- including uh, who was it? Was it not? No, my, Michael Carter didn't play for Israel Abanacan. Yeah, yeah, Izzy. They tar- he targeted Izzy in the last couple drives of the game when the game was out of hand against the Browns on Thursday night. I mean, Bre- Brees Hall with better game script could have seen fifteen targets um, in, in in that game. So the the PPR scam is in full swing. It doesn't even really matter what he does on the ground, although he's been pretty good on the ground as well uh, late in the season. Uh, so it, you know, for week eighteen, I think if they're gonna if they're gonna continue to play him, then he's gonna continue to see a ton of a ton of targets, no matter what happens. And that's awesome. I I want to say real quick that I I uh, I headlined the Brees Hall. Uh, Thursday night blurb, and I said that the, he continued the PPR scam, and people. <laughs> People got offended. They got yeah. mad. And uh, I don't, I'm not disparaging it. I love it. Yeah. No one be, loves a PPR scam more than Denny Carter. I just wanna, yeah. Not a I bit. Wanna, I want to be clear. Like, oh, they say, oh, the, the writer of this blur uh, is, is bitter. And I'm not bitter. I, I, I love, <laughs> I love a scam. And Brees Hall is scamming his way to like CMC style production. People always get very upset about the Thursday night headlines. As, as you know, I typically blurb up the Thursday night game. Mr. Denny Carter had to step in last Thursday, and they, they always take those ones really personal. They I don't did. know why. People, I think they're in a surly mood if their fantasy week starts off bad. Oh, there you go. Like, you know, so, yeah, you're upset about it. All right. Who, who's the crybaby writing these? Yeah, is this right. guy to start this week? Uh, is this guy's first fantasy matchup this week? I'm like, no. I do. I do. Like, I mean, come on. When – you got to play fantasy long enough or w- when you play fantasy long enough, you, you, you have to become immune to the Thursday night, uh, either disaster or, uh, the, the great performance by, by your guys. You, you didn't, you didn't win anything and you didn't lose anything on Thursday no. night. Relax. Yeah. And ends up not mattering 69% of the time. It doesn't so. matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, oh, I played in Joku. You're still going to win. <laughs> there you go. It's so easily going to win. Uh, <laughs> I, I played Joe Flacco throwing for seven touchdowns in the first half. Guess what? You're still going to win. It's Congratulations fine. on the victory. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Joe Flacco becoming the greatest player in league history. Didn't really oh, yeah. Can we talk just real quick? I don't know. Did you see the vitriolic reaction from Ravens fans when I suggested that Joe Flacco was playing better? right now than he did for the Ravens. 
No, I didn't. And yeah, oh, he, oh yeah. yeah, no, I did. Yeah. I know people are like, I don't know if you ever heard of this little thing called the 2012 playoffs. Ooh, he won the Super Bowl. Did yeah, you see so, that? Yeah, I saw that. So what? And even then, that was like four different throws. This is not. This is like Joe Flacco, like seven times a quarter completing a forty-yard pass. I, I've seriously never seen anything. I, like I, that. I was I was stunned. I didn't think that that was controversial at all. That he's never played this well. I'm I'm really sorry to the Ravens fans. He has not. And they said, "Well, I watched every game. I, I got this a lot. I watched every game that Flacco played for the Ravens." And my my question: So what? So what? So what does that we. mean? That doesn't mean anything. You you so you watch some Ravens games. What is that? I watch Ravens games too. I live in Maryland. I know Joe Flacco personally. Comes over. <laughs> you golf with Joe Flacco. I told him. I said you stunk for the Ravens and you're, you're great <laughs> for the Browns. Joe Flacco. My God, he had more than twenty five touchdowns one time. One time it was twenty seven. It was twenty seven. It, and if he had played the whole season in this Browns offense, he eclipses. He gets to forty. He gets to forty. Touchdown. He has thirteen touchdowns in five games. His final full season as Raiders Ravens starter, he had eighteen touchdowns. I, I I'm I'm just so confused about the reality that that I lived in during the Flacco years in Baltimore, and then the, their reality. And their reality is, well, he only had Anquan Bolden. I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear. No. This, by the way, too, like the, the Kevin Stefanski scheme clearly works absolute miracles on everyone except for Deshaun Watson. And just a real, real great sign that Jacoby Brissett and Joe Flacco have both been like visibly better than yeah. Deshaun Watson in the Browns offense. They should they should uh, look into trading. Well, I think if they if they trade Deshaun Watson, then they would have to declare bankruptcy. They would. They would. Well, they Jimmy has them could cost plus someone. He knows how to create some extra money. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't go to Jimmy Haslam's Wikipedia except immediately go yeah, to Jimmy Haslam's Wikipedia. I mean, do we need to talk about the Jags? I don't know why I even put the Jags thing on here. Who cares? Yeah, um, I don't care. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to play. <laughs> Christian Kirk might be activated. I, I mean, honestly, like, if the Jaguars make the playoffs, so what? So I know. It's like, I was like, all right, whatever. Like, who, like who's who's winning that game? Whoever's playing them, let's move put on. The, put these guys out of their misery. This, know, this, oh, man. This is horrific. It, it's been tough to watch. It's been real, <laughs> real tough to watch. I mean, they, they're they're like a boring, banged-up team. Man, oh, man. Don't get them wrong. Of course, they instantly shut out Bryce Young and the Panthers. Like, they're not that bad. Like, of course, they're still going to shut out the Panthers. But they're going to lose to almost anyone else. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's the Panthers. Jeez. He, he, I mean, not to completely date ourselves, but I couldn't believe when Kyle made this reference. He really is the dude from Monty Python right now, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> where he says every week he's getting a different body part, severely injured, and still playing through it somehow. It is. Last week. It is funny. I've never seen beat writers being like, we, "We're really pulling for the Jags not to play." <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. This week. No, I know, I know, sure. I know. We're uh, we're hoping that the team makes the right decision. We hope Doug Peterson does the right thing. Um, Doug Peterson will never do the right thing. Um, yeah, he will. He's but doesn't seem like he doesn't like a bad of guy. Real quick, we couldn't end the show without you talking about Juwan Johnson. He went <laughs> absolutely nuts in Week 17. What do you have to say about it? I'm upset because Pat, I'm I'm not playing with you here. I took him out of a couple lineups, DFS mm. lineups, at the last second because I was like, "What am I doing? What am I doing with Jawan Johnson against a pass funnel Bucks defense? This makes no sense." And he goes off. Um, yeah, just to give you an idea of of how rare that is uh, for for Johnson. He was targeted on forty six percent of his pass routes. I don't think that will continue. No. Uh, before, so he had he had twelve targets. 
He had never had a game in his NFL career with more than seven targets entering mm. that week. So, folks, that's uh, not going to continue. I'm brave enough to say it. I'm a truth teller. That's the truth. He did have seven targets in week 16, though. So he matched his career high in week 16. <laughs> All right. And then he exceeded it in week 17. He is good. I will say that he's been frustrating because I, I think he's actually a converted wide receiver. And so he plays like a receiver as, as a monster tight end. Um, and uh, the the Saints should look strongly into continuing to use him as a pass catcher in the middle of the field because, wow, he dominated. He was having one of those mid-career breakouts last year. And this, yeah. he's one of those guys, all the progress got stopped with Derek Carr. Just, it's weird. Derek Carr's like not even actually bad. He's just like the most bizarre quarterback in the NFL, Derek Carr. And they might make the playoffs. So They, they, de- they probably will. So the scenario no. is they, they, they have a they have a pretty good path. Pretty Can they be a not, wild card team? Because I mean the Bucks are gonna beat the Panthers. Let's be real. Okay. Can the Saints be a wild card team? Maybe they can. I don't know. There's no way to find out. Uh, go to rotoworld.com. <laughs> Except for if you keep it locked into the week 18 motivation article written by Kyle Deborchek. Mr. Kyle, he will be with us on Thursday when Kyle didn't and I I don't know what we're gonna do. We'll do a different kind of show this week, but we're still gonna preview. The entire week 18 slate. I'm trying to think of what we might do. I might ask you and Kyle just for a player you care about from each team or something like that. We will figure that out, though, before the Thursday show. Uh, the regression files, I'm assuming, will they still be up this week? They will be. They'll be up on, on Wednesday on the site, and then I will have the funnel report as per usual. I'm going to still have a rankings article, but it's it's going to be more of just a pure ranking shell. I know some of you are playing in week 18. We don't want to forget the people who are actually playing in week 18. People, of course, playing DFS. We love the sickos. We do. We still need rankings, so there will still be rankings. There will be regression files. There will be the motivation tracker when Kyle's out there. And then, yep, Kyle, Denny, and I will be back on Thursday. Uh, good luck in the interim. Keep it locked to rotorworld.com for all the latest news updates. For Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We will be back later this week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.